Welcome to the Elevate Life Church podcast of the week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Keith Kraft. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit elevatelife.com. Say this with me. I am who God says I am, a child of God, the righteousness of God. I am the apple of God's eye. I am God's workmanship created for good works, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today, I open up my mind to receive the Word of God so I can think like God, be like God, and do life the way God intended for me to live. Let's lift up holy hands. Say this with me. Come, Holy Spirit. Help me elevate my thinking so I can elevate my life in Jesus' name. Amen. So glad you're here. Would you just greet somebody around you and tell them they're looking good? Come on, tell them they're looking good. We are so honored that you're here. We're honored for those of you who watch uh, via the internet, Facebook, YouTube, however you watch. But again, it's nothing like being in the house of God and everybody said, come on, amen. And uh, we, just before I jump into the series, just want to just say that, I know Josh has already mentioned it, but uh, the people of the South Texas and Houston and Corpus Christi are on our mind and on our hearts. And uh, I just text my friend Joel Osteen. They're not having church today, and he says it's really bad. For Joel Osteen to say it's really bad, it's really bad. So I've, I've never heard him say really bad ever. And so, uh, so can we just pray right now? Can we just pray? And uh, first of all, let's just pray that supernaturally we come into agreement as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that this weather system will stop. In the name of Jesus. And God, we pray that it will shut down. And God, we just pray that even even as we are praying right now, Lord, that you are the God of heaven and earth. And Father, just take complete control of this storm and blow it back out to the sea. In Jesus' name. Come on, church. Let's let's just agree right now. Father, we pray that you comfort those that are being afflicted right now. And God, I pray and I thank you that we are the church. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. And we make a commitment to help and do what we can in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody put an amen on that. How are you glad to live in Frisco, Texas or this surrounding area? Amen. We love Houston. My brother lives there. My mother lives there. My sister lives there. And I don't live there. And uh, I'm I'm glad that I'm here. We're in our Rhythm of Life series. Our ushers have some notes if you didn't get any on on your way in. And they've also got a pen for you if you'd like a pen. And uh, we're talking about how to find your rhythm in God. And I'm continuing this thought process on the rhythm of love because it's God's heart that we get into rhythm with him. Uh, In your notes, your rhythm of life is your way of life. When you create a better rhythm, you create a, a better life. And the big or elevated thought for this message is the way you love will determine the rhythm of how everything else flows in your life. The greatest craving that you have, every person here, is not for Mexican food. It's not for queso. Uh, It's not for your favorite meal. But you know what your greatest craving is? It's it's for love. And a lot of times we don't consciously think that way. We don't, don't, but, but literally the greatest craving that you have from the time you came forth from your mother's womb, was to, to feel love. And that's why we get into relationships, and that's why we marry, and that's why we have families. Uh, it's not just about getting married. It's not just about having families or tribes, but it's about, it's about experiencing what God puts you on the earth to experience, and that is his love. 
And so when we get into God's love, we get into God's rhythm. When we get out of God's love, we get not only out of God's rhythm, but we get out of rhythm with ourselves. The number one killer in the United States of America is heart disease. And it's not just driven by our diet or our lack of exercise. Most heart disease starts with arrhythmia. Your heart gets out of rhythm. And there's a reason that it gets out of rhythm. And oftentimes, it's because our life is out of rhythm. And our heart is trying to find the rhythm of our life. And our life is so fragmented. And, and I want to explain that to you and talk to you about that for a few minutes. Because really, rhythm is, in, in a word, it comes from the Greek word rhythmos, which means flow. It means flow. There's a flow of your life. There is a, a heartbeat that you have. Uh, a young man that's in our church, Garrett, who uh, served our military as a Navy SEAL uh, for six years. Uh, we were talking right before the service, and he said, he said, Pastor Keith, he said, I think this will be something you'll find interesting. He went to the doctor one of the times he was at the doctor, and, and uh, it showed that his heart had arrhythmia, and he was concerned about it. He said, you know, I'm concerned about that. And bottom line is the doctor told him, he said, everybody that's a Navy SEAL has arrhythmia. He said the reason they have arrhythmia is because their hearts get in sync with each other based on their assignment. Some of you don't realize, but you, you have a type of arrhythmia that's going because of some hurt that's happened in your life. You have some type of arrhythmia that's going because uh, you know what I'm talking about if you've ever been pulled over by a policeman or a policewoman. Uh, it's like not just, oh, whatever, but it's, it's like you're, you can actually feel it in your heart. You go, oh, my goodness, because uh, for some of you, you're, you're not trying to speed. Uh, you're, not, you're not trying to break the law. You just rolled through the, uh, the stop sign or whatever it is, but you got somehow caught, and you can feel it in your heart. That's kind of the closest thing that I can describe. There's a lot of other things, but when you get angry or when you're upset or when you've got bitterness or you've got unforgiveness, you need to understand something, that, 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 that it gets your heart out of rhythm, but more importantly than that, it gets your spirit out of rhythm, and your heart starts trying to recalibrate based on the stress or based on the hurt or based on the pain or based on the surprise or based on the event that happened that you don't even realize that, that your, 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 your heart is trying to find a new rhythm that God didn't intend for it to have. And people live long enough that way with unforgiveness. They live long enough, enough that way with, with unforgiveness leads to bitterness. They live, live long enough that way to where they're hurt and they don't get over their hurts. That, that, that pretty soon there's a reason that heart disease is the number one killer is because we're, we're out of rhythm. And so rhythm is a, a choreography of your life with your heartbeat, literally. It's... It's a synchronicity of your spirit, soul, and body. We're not just body. We're not just soul, emotive. We're, we're not just spirit, but, but we, are, we are all three, and we're all three at the same time. And we're not just human beings having a spiritual experience, but we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And yet most of us, the only world that we know is the world that we see, but there is an eternal world that we don't see. And God wants us to understand this and, and, and to understand how all of life flows together. And synchronicity is and, and rhythm very much work together with not only us discovering who we are, but discovering based on who we are, who we think we are, then we meet other who's in our life. And those who's who's in our life, that, that alignment that begins to take place between people creates a rhythm 
When you fall in love, there is a rhythm. There's a heart rhythm that, that you don't, part of the reason you feel love is because you're feeling literally your heart coming into rhythm with another person. Your hearts are beating the same. Your hearts are beating for the same thing. So who we are determines what we want, and what we want in life determines what's most important to us. And all those things flow together. And so many people, as I talked about last week, they have a lot of more in life of what they don't want rather than what they want because they've never aligned who they are and the who's that are in their life with what's important to them and what they want. And so they're out of sync. They're, they're, they're not in synchronicity. Their, their spirit is troubled or their soul is troubled or physical body. And that's part of what even physical sickness does. It doesn't just affect us physically, but oftentimes there's a physical manifestation of what's going on emotionally. Doctors will tell you that most disease is stress-related. In other words, where one thing causes another thing. And what, what is that? It's, it's a rhythm issue. Rhythm is a divine awareness. The first sound that we ever hear is our mother's heartbeat. The last sound we'll ever hear is our own heartbeat. We find our rhythm or begin to find our rhythm when our heart begins to beat for what God's heart begins to beat for. So when we're, we're, I'm on the phone before the storm even hit in Houston in Corpus Christi and I'm talking to people down there to say, none of us know what's going on. We're praying for you. But here's what I can tell you. Elevate Life Church before it ever hits the news, before we ever know the devastation with our partners, we will have trucks rolling that direction. We are going to be there to help you. Why? Because watch this. We're in rhythm with what God's heart beats for. God's heart beats for people that are suffering. God's heart beats for people that are hurting. That's why we do clothe the child. Listen, if your heart's not moved to clothe the child, your heart can't be moved. God wants his children clothed. He wants his children fed. He wants his children, listen, loved. And when we as the church become not just a building and a place that we come to, but we are the church. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. We, we don't go to a missions golf tournament to golf. Some of you like me, it's not about that at all. It's, it's about being a part of a missions effort to raise, we're believing $200,000 that will be purely for missions efforts in the world. We're doing what we do as a church because our heart beats for what God's heart beats for. See, God wants you to know that you find your rhythm when you align your life with what God wants. Rhythm of life happens when we trust in the Lord with all of our heart. You see, here's what happens. Life breaks our heart. People break our hearts. Situations and circumstances. Pretty soon our, our heart is not all. Our heart is there. Our heart is with him. Our heart is with her. Our, wait, they left my life and they took some of my heart. And pretty soon I don't have all of my heart anymore. Can I just tell you something today? In fact, in the name of Jesus, take your heart back. I said, take your heart back. Take your heart back, the part of it that you gave that person that walked out. Take it back. Release them in the name of Jesus. Turn them over to God. Let the, the person that hurts you, listen, if you stay hurt, it's not hurting them. If, let me say that again. If you stay hurt, it's not hurting them. Take your heart back. Let God begin to heal your heart. Get your heart into rhythm with God in the name of Jesus. Spirit of God, heal wounds today. Heal wounds that nobody sees. Heal hurts that nobody sees in the name of Jesus. Let the rhythm and the synchronicity of the Holy Spirit move in and on our 
our lives in the name of Jesus so that I don't, we don't have pieces of our heart in our past with people that aren't even in our life, that we don't have pieces of our heart that are in a grave with somebody because they did something or they weren't there for us or we didn't even know our dad and yet we've had a piece of our heart that's hurt because he was never there. Take your heart back today. Get into rhythm with God today. Why? Because it's your heart. Trust him with all of your heart and don't lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways, you get your rhythm back. When you trust him with what you don't understand. You see, God wants you to be in sync with him. Our rhythm is knowing and believing that at the end of the day or this season or the relationship or the job or any transition that takes place in our lives, we get into rhythm with God according to Romans 8.28 when we know that God will work all things together for our good and he will produce in us health, not not sickness. He will produce function, not dysfunction. And all the things that have happened in our life, in the name of Jesus, I prophesy this over you. He's working it together for your good. Put an amen on it right now. That's what Pastor Sheila was saying in her sweet, precious way when she said, God is doing more in your life than you even realize that he's doing. When I'm on the phone talking to people in Houston, we're already thinking that way before the storm hits. If we think that way, God knows the storms in your life, past, present, and future. He knows the things that you're facing. And he's already gone before you in the name of Jesus, made every crooked path straight. And the thing that can devastate you the most is the thing that God will use the most to exalt you and to elevate you. And that thing that hurts you the most can help you the most. Why? Because you get into rhythm with God and God says, you know what? You're trusting me. You're letting me be God in your life life and they're not your enemy I'm your friend they're not your problem I'm your solution and all of a sudden we're aligning our life with God we're getting into rhythm with God and God is saying guess what you're gonna see I am God and I'm gonna work all things together for your good come on put a big amen on that that's rhythm the reason we stand at the first part of our service and we put our hand on our heart is we're getting our mouth and our mind and our heart together in rhythm with God. Why? Because we all come from different places and there's all different things that are going on in our life. But when we come into his house, welcome to his house, by the way. When we gather together in his name, when we worship him together, here's what happens. All of a sudden, whether you realize it or not, we are enacting and invoking the presence of God because if any two of you agree is touching anything on earth, my Father in heaven will do it. He will bring his super into your natural. We are invoking the kingdom and the power of God because one puts a 1,000 to flight, but two put 10,000 to flight. You see, you might be sitting here and yes, your situation is your situation. Just like your fingerprint is your fingerprint. But God didn't give you your fingerprint to be identified for something wrong that you've done. He gave you your fingerprint to leave an imprint that nobody else can leave. And when you bring your fingerprint and your imprint along with other people, all of a sudden we become God's hands extended to the world. And we get into rhythm with God and he's our thought process. We have the mind of Christ. We have the heart of God. And we are the body of Christ moving together. And we're meeting the needs that people have. That's what you saw when people were waving you in in the park 
parking lot this morning. That's what you saw when you dropped your kids off with servant leaders. That's what you saw when you went to our coffee bar and ordered you a coffee. That's what you saw when you walked into our, our bookstore and picked up something. That's what you see when you see people in blue shirts with a, an icon and they're working and they're serving. There's a rhythm that's going on here. We are the body of Christ. We are the household of faith. We are the kingdom of God. We are the sons and daughters of God. We have a destiny. And God says, I know the thoughts that I have for you and they're good no matter what's going on in your life right now. They're not evil. It's to give you a future and a hope and an expected end. So rise up, church. God is for you. So who can be against you? He's on your side. Whom shall you fear? He's got victory for you in your future. He's got great things for you in your future. There's promotion that's coming in your future. God is for you. Come on, put an amen on that. 11 o'clock, you're getting a little bit of the preach in me. It's pretty interesting that according to Amazon.com, there's 507,000 book titles, 500, half a million book titles on heaven. There's 547,000, another half a million about sex. People must be trying to figure it out. There's 766,000 titles about God, more than sex, more than heaven. There's 884,000 about money. But what's astounding is that there's one topic that beats all of these, and it's love. There's almost 1 million titles on Amazon.com alone that in the book title is love is love. You see, what we crave is love. And yet sometimes it seems so elusive. Sometimes we don't feel it. We don't see it. We don't know it. And yet there's three immutable facts. It's in your notes. We talked about it last week. But let me tell you why the rhythm of love sets the rhythm for everything else in your life. First of all, God is love. Aren't you glad that you don't open your Bible? Let's see, where's that scripture? God is hate. Aren't you glad we serve a God that his name is love? But guess what? If God is love, then Keith is love. Because I'm God's son. If God is love, then Greg is supposed to be love too. If God is love, Mark's, Mark is love. If God is love, Jennifer is love. You see, if God is love, that's what we is, are supposed to be. The Bible says this in 1 John 4, 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves God is born of God and knows God. He that does not know God knows not love, for God is love. And I love this part of it, is that God wants you to know that because he manifested his love towards us by sending his only begotten son, that we might love through him. See, it's not about just Keith's love, but I love through him, he says, since you have received this love, then know this, you ought to love each other as well. How have you received the love of God? Come on. So God is love. And the second immutable fact about God is that God so loved you. He didn't just love you, he so loved you. That he gave his only begotten son that if you'd believe, you wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. But then God wants you to know 
grow, sow, and go love. Our word this year for Elevate Life, come on, is what? Grow. That means in Jesus' name, your business is going to grow. In Jesus' name, your finances are going to grow. In Jesus' name, everything's going to grow forward and not backward. In Jesus' name, you're going to grow up and not down. In Jesus' name, you're going to grow, 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 grow. So let's know, grow, sow, go. That's what God wants. He wants us to grow in love. Why? So we can sow in love and so we can go in love and so we can live in love. The book of Ephesians, the third chapter, I won't take time to read the whole thing, but I want to just restate this, being rooted and grounded in love. God says, I don't want you to be rooted and grounded in your heart. That's what happens to so many people. The Bible calls it a root of bitterness. They get rooted in bitterness. They get, it's, it's a result of not forgiving. They get rooted in the wrong things. They get rooted in their hurt. They never get over their hurt. They get rooted in their loss. They get rooted and they get grounded in the wrong things. God says, I want you to be rooted and grounded in love. Everybody say that with me. Rooted and grounded in love so that you may know Christ. And that in knowing Christ, you might experience the fullness of God. Sometimes we feel like that we've been full of all the wrong things. And the truth is, whatever you're full of, you'll be led by. So God says, I want you to be rooted and grounded and know Christ. Why? So you can be full of Christ. So that what comes out of you is love not hate. What comes out of you is forgiveness, not unforgiveness. What comes out of you is good fruit and not bad fruit based on what you're rooted and grounded in. So we come to the house of God to learn about God. We come to the house of God to learn the word of God. We come to the house of God to to do life with others that are on the same journey, but just at different places that we learn and we grow from each other. We get plugged into small groups and and, and we get involved in serving. Why is all this? Because we're getting into rhythm with God. So God wants us to understand this. Because he is able, the Bible says in Ephesians 3.20, to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. But it's only according to the power that works within us. What kind of power do you have working in you right now? How are you using your power? How are you using your decisions? How are you using your heart? How are you using your rhythm? Are you using it to stay in your heart and being bitter and being angry? Are you using it that way? Or is the power that's working within you that God is my healer? God is with me. God is for me. God is going to use all this together for my good. So I can't stay rooted and grounded in it. I can't quit being hurt by the things that I've been hurt by. Yes, I may have to continue to walk through this, but I'm walking through it. I'm not being rooted and grounded. And I'm, I'm moving in more of a knowledge of Christ rather than a knowledge of here's what they did and here's why I'm hurt and here's why I'm upset and here's why I'm, I'm unforgiving and here's why I'm lashing out and here's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Why? Based on the limited knowledge that we have, we've got to know Christ. We've got to know Christ more than we know how people have wronged us. We've got to know God's love and Christ's love so we can be full of God and not full of anger and not full of hate and not full of things that are taking life from us and causing our heart to be out of rhythm with the heart of God. Somebody put an amen on that. God, God wants your heart healed. So again, talking about the rhythm of love and finding the rhythm of God in your life, it starts with love. Everything is about love because God is love and God so loved us. And now he says, now I want you to go love. So if we're going to have our rhythm aligning with the rhythm of God, take a look at your notes. We've got to embrace God's most important command and that's to love. 
You know, God didn't give a suggestion to love. Hey, it'd really be good if you'd love each other. He had to make it a command. You know why? Because he knew it would be hard. It would be hard to love when you're hurt. So we sing songs. Love hurts. Love scars. Love wounds. It harms. I mean, we come up with these songs because that's what we're doing with love. Well, it hurts. Well, I got hurt, so I better not love anymore because I don't want to get hurt like that again. Rather than saying, no, love heals our hurts. So we've got to embrace the command, God's greatest command. So two things. Again, we talked about it last week. I won't go into depth, but let me just cover this before I get to the thing I really want to talk about today. And, and the first thing is that there were two different lawyers, two different occasions, Matthew 22 and Luke 10 that came to Jesus. Two very unique questions, but yet the same answer from Jesus. The first question that the lawyer asked in Matthew, the, the 22nd chapter, was, what's the greatest commandment? And he said this testing Jesus because he knew the law. And Jesus immediately said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. In other words, make that your primary. This is the most important thing that I love God with all my heart and all my soul and all my strength. And then he said, and the second is like the first, love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, now listen, everything hangs on these two things. In other words, if you get these two right, it'll make your life work. But if you don't get these two right, you're going to live in a lot of hurt, pain, brokenness. Because you won't be loving God with all your heart because your heart's over there. And your heart's, I love my heart. In San Francisco, some of y'all don't know that old song. People are leaving their heart in cities. People are leaving their heart in their last job. People are leaving their heart in their last relationship. People are leaving their heart. Somebody stole their heart. Somebody hurt their heart, and they don't realize, no, it's your heart. I want to say it again. I'll say it a hundred times today. Take your heart back. Take your heart back and give God all your heart. What's the most important thing to God? Here's what he was saying. What's the most important commandment? What's the most important thing to God? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, not the piece of your heart you got left. But then the second lawyer comes to him in Luke, the 10th chapter, and he says, hey, how do I get eternal life? How do I get eternal life? Well, here's what Jesus didn't say. Well, listen, the way you get eternal life is you just ask God to forgive you of your sins. Wow. You know what he said? Same thing he said, what's the most important commandment? How do I inherit eternal life? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. In other words, there's, there's two very unique questions. One is, God, what's most important to you? What's most important to you, God, that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul? Well, now, now me, what's, how do I inherit eternal life? Now, this is what, 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 should, what should I do? Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Sounds like a broken record. Love the Lord your God. Same answer for both questions. What you mean I don't need to have forgiveness of my sins? No, that's a part of love. So if you'll love me, by the way, it'll take care of the forgiveness stuff. I said, if you'll love me, it'll take care of the forgiveness stuff. We'll get to that in just a minute. What he was trying to say, it's not about this or it's not about that. It's about love. If you get these two things right. So he goes on and he says to the, to the lawyer, but don't just love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. That's your practice so you can love people like that. I can love you like that. I got stuff going on in my head all the time. I mean, <laughs> make you my world. Heaven and earth, you might. Okay, so, uh, all right, so. Here's the thing. Love will fix everything. 
I said, love will fix everything. It'll fix your soul. It'll fix their soul. It'll fix your job. It'll fix your attitude. It'll fix your past. It'll fix your present. And hallelujah, it'll fix your future even before you get there. Wow, love. Love. And God said, now go do that. Go do that. So we got to embrace God's most important command, and that's to love. And here's the second thing, and the last thing today. If we're going to get into the rhythm of love, which is the rhythm of life that I need to sync my life with God, I've got to love all the way. Love the Lord your God with some of your heart. Come on, y'all. With all your heart. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart? No, with all your heart. That's how I get in sync with God. With all my heart, I trust. With all my heart, I love. So loving all the way. You know, Jesus, something really interesting. That in the book of John, well, in fact, in the Bible at large, from Genesis to Revelation, the word love is mentioned over 500 times. God wants us to get it. But in the book of John, you know, I can remember going to a Billy Graham crusade when I was 12 years old, 1972, at Texas Stadium. Before the Dallas Cowboys ever played in Texas Stadium in Irving, uh, which is the first, well, the second place after the Cotton Bowl in the 60s. But they built a new stadium. How many of y'all remember that? How many of y'all old enough to remember that? The, the first event that was in Texas Stadium was a Billy Graham crusade. There's going to be over 2,000 people that come to Christ tonight. I was there. At 12 years of age. Come to Christ right now. Anyway, I was there when I was 12 years old. And I can remember how moved I was and how, they, how Billy Graham, even in his invitation, he talked about the book of John. In the book of John, if there's one chapter in the Bible you need to read, it's the book of John. 21 chapters, but very unique. While love is mentioned 500 times from Genesis to Revelations, in the first 12 chapters of John, love is mentioned only 12 times. But at John 13, everything changes because in the book of John, this is one chronicle of Jesus' life that you can't miss. From John 13 to John 21 is the last week of Jesus' life. It's like an autobiography of, of, of his life, just one week encompasses these chapters from chapter 13 to chapter 12. And one of the things Jesus did in the last week of his life is he sat down with his disciples and he said, I want to talk to you all about something. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. This is so important to me. So from John 13 to 21, Jesus mentions love 45 times. In the last week of his life, even to the cross, love, love, love. I want you to love one another. And he said, he said, why is this so important? Because by this, put it on the screen, guys, shall all men know that you're my disciples if, if you're successful. Uh, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you make more money than your neighbor. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have a good marriage. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have a good family. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you do more good than somebody else that gives you the power to judge what they're not doing. No, no, he said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples. Come on, church. If, if, everybody say if, you have love one for another. I need you to get this, guys. It's the last week of my life. These are the last things that are important to me. It'd be like me knowing I was going to die next week and sitting down with my family and going, look, I, I want to go over some stuff that's really important. And he said, this is the most important thing. And by the way, I'm not suggesting it. This is a new commandment. 
that you need to get a new and a fresh in your heart. Love each other. How do you love all the way? You know, it's one thing it's like, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength. How many of you ever heard that in your life? Come on, if you ever heard that, most of us always heard that, but we don't do it very well. So how do you do it? Take a look at your notes. You love deeply. You decide to love deeply. You decide to love deeply. First Peter 4, one of Jesus' disciples who was at that table, he would write this later. Above all, let me say above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. You're going to have to love deeper than somebody's sin that they did against you or against somebody else. You've, you've got to decide, I'm going to love deeply. How do you love deeply? <laughs> so how do you love all the way? You love deeply. How do you love deeply? Here we go. How do you do it? Take a look at your notes. Give mercy. Give mercy. When you choose to judge other people, you're not loving deeply. You're loving the way you love. Well, they hurt me, and they're wrong, and that's that. And when you love deeply, you give people mercy. The Bible says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Can I just ask you a question? How many of you have ever needed mercy? Okay, when your heart's out of rhythm because you see blue or red lights behind you. Everybody can understand this. What are you wanting to hear the policeman say when he comes up and says, could I see your license and your, your insurance, registration, whatever? What are you wanting to hear them say after they go check you out? You're wanting them to say, well, just slow down. It's okay. Go on. All of a sudden, your heart comes back into rhythm. It's an, ama it's an amazing thing. I, come on. How many of y'all are with me on this? Everybody here knows exactly what I'm talking about, but relate that to your life. You're driving along in life, boom, an emergency happens. Something happens. Something happens unexpected. And what are you wanting? You're, you're just wanting, you're wanting, it to, you're wanting it to be okay. You're wanting it to go away, and yet you don't understand that if you need mercy from a cop, you better be giving mercy to people in your life. If you need mercy from God, you better be giving mercy to other people, not because they deserve it, but blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Again, I just want to ask a question. Is there anybody here that needs mercy? By the way, if you, if you don't need it right now, oh, oh you're going to. <laughs> Men, women know this. Men need much mercy. And all the men said, you can do better. And all the men said, Amen. Have you ever been late for a flight? Anybody ever been late for a flight? What are you wanting? Mercy. Mercy, 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 mercy. Hold the door. Mercy. Nope. Psh, too late. How many of you ever had that happen? But isn't it wonderful when they go, Oh, Mr. Kraft, we've been waiting on you. And they open the door back up. Mercy! <laughs> these are little things, but these are life things. And by the way, it's the little things that become big things that get your heart out of rhythm. And one of the ways that you get your heart back into rhythm is by you giving mercy and not staying upset. I would like to say it's stronger, but it would be unpastoral. <laughs> not staying off. That gets your heart out of rhythm. And it's not because you're justified or not justified. It's you want to be in rhythm with God. Then give mercy. Give mercy. I've made a personal decision in my life. I'm not going to sue people. And I've got some people that I could have sued. 
And some of you business people that are sitting here, let me just tell you this. You can go that route if you want to. And I know in some people's mind, it just, it's so egregious, you have to do it. But I'm going to tell you something. The more you can give mercy, the more God becomes your vindicator. And he comes on your side. You can put your life in the hands of the court if you want to. But I put my life in the hands of the judge and the great court of humanity. And I say, God, I need your mercy. Hear my heart. Hear God's heart. How do we love deeply? We give mercy. Practice it all the time. In fact, you may even know the person next to you and just say, I give you mercy. Come on, just turn and say, just I give you, just practice it. I'm cutting you some slack you don't deserve. How many of y'all need some mercy right now? Come on. How do you get, how do you get mercy? Preach back to me. How do I get mercy? That's what, that's what the Bible says. So, so what does the Bible say? Above all, love deeply because it covers a multitude of sins. It starts with mercy. Offer hospitality to one another and don't grumble about it. Don't gripe. Don't complain. Don't be negative. Be hospitable. Another word for that is be merciful towards people. And then look at the next thing. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. So how do you love deeply? You use your gifts as a faithful steward. You use your gifts for other people's benefit, not just use your gifts so you can get benefit. That's why... We had the people in the parking lot today. That's why people are serving behind the cameras. That's why we're, people are serving behind the scenes. That's why people are serving on stage. That's why people are serving in the area of serving your kids. Why? Because it's a part of getting into rhythm with God because it's all about love. It's serving above your pay grade. Doing more than you're asked to do for the glory of God and for the kingdom of God. This is the Bible. Each of you, if you're going to love deeply, here's how you do it. You use whatever gift you have to serve other people as faithful stewards of God's grace. And then here's the next one. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one that speaks the very words of God. If, let me put it up there because I want you to see this. If you speak, you should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. I don't know about you, but not everything that comes out of my mouth is the word of God. Come on, y'all. But if I'm going to love deeply, I've got to raise my level of awareness and mindfulness that if any of you speak, if this isn't talking about the context of anything, speak the words of God. That's why we've got to get the word of God in our heart because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when I have the word of God, I can speak to those things that are not as though they were. I can speak to a storm in South Texas. I can come into agreement and God begins to work on our behalf. Why? Because if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways I will hear from heaven I will heal their land and can I tell you something when you begin to trust God with all your heart that's humbling yourself to say God I turn this person over to you I turn this storm over to you I turn my hurt over to you and God right now I trust you with all my heart he says you're loving me with all your heart right now you're giving me a chance to be God in your life and I'm going to show up God is showing up for you. Look at somebody and tell them, say, God's showing up for you. Come on, tell them that. What does it mean to speak God's word? Speak speak life and death. Speak life, not death over people. The Bible says death and life are in the power of your tongue. Death and life for your business. Death and life for your finances. Death and life in your relationships. If it's going to live, it's going to be up to what comes out of your mouth. If you start whining and complaining about your job, get ready to lose it. 
rewind, if you start whining and complaining about your job, get ready to lose it. It may not be today. It may take a month. It may take a year. But if you whine and you gripe and you complain, you will lose the gift that God has given you for the job that you have. If you whine and complain and gripe about who you're married to, get ready to lose it. It may not be today, but if you get on that side of life, listen, it's time to shift. It's time to take your heart back. The Bible says out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Begin to speak those things that are not as though they were. And God says, you're letting me be God now. Watch. Boop. What you said is going to happen. You see around here, here's what we believe. You've got to say what you hear so you can see what you say. Let me say it one more time. You've got to say what you hear So you can see what you say. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Come on, put an amen on that. If you're going to speak, speak the word of God. Don't speak the word of Bill. Don't speak the word of whatever your name is. Don't speak the word of hurt. Don't speak the word of pain. Don't speak the word of bitterness. Don't speak the word of negativity. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Here's the good news and the bad news. You're going to eat the fruit of what you say. What you say negative is not going to hurt them. What you say is going to hurt you. The gallows that you think you're going to hang somebody else with, the Bible shows us you will hang yourself by your words. Come on, church. I'm teaching you something. God says, I want you to love because love makes it all work. And if you get love right, you'll speak right. But if you get love wrong, you'll speak wrong. And your life won't work in rhythm with me like I want it to work to produce the results that I want to produce in your life. I hope y'all are getting it. I hope you like it. I hope God's speaking it to you. Here's the last thing. You see, if we're going to be in rhythm with God, if we're going to find our rhythm, if our heart both naturally and supernaturally are going to beat for what God's heart beats for, I have to embrace love as the greatest command. I have to... Love all the way. That means I've got to love deeply. I've got to give mercy. I've got to decide to use my gifts as a faithful steward to serve other people. This is loving deeply. I've got to speak life and not death. You see, you can do something about your life. I said you can do something about your situation. You might feel hopeless and helpless today. Here's what changes it all. Love all the way. Love God with all your heart. Love people with all your heart. And God will begin to fix what you can't fix. I'm prophesying over somebody now. God will begin to fix what you can't fix. Any of y'all need some stuff fixed? Come on. Let's, let's, let's pour the love. Let's, pour, let's, let's turn it up today. Here's the last thing. Forgive as you've been forgiven. Anybody here been forgiven by God? Oh, you've all been forgiven. Whether you're the beneficiary of it is up to you. So Jesus' disciples were hanging out with him. This is a very cool story. And And so they saw that every time he prayed, like miracles would happen. Whoa. Wouldn't you pray more if you felt like a miracle was going to happen every time you prayed? Well, it is. Pray more. Maybe more miracles aren't happening because you're not praying more. That's that's trusting the Lord with all your heart and then praying as if it was going to happen in the name of Jesus. In fact, everybody repeat this after me. Say, God, I thank you that whatever I need taken care of right now, that I'm turning it over to you. I'm trusting in you. And God, I promise... I'm going to love better. I'm going to receive that command to love my neighbor as you love me, as, as, as I love myself. And I thank you, God, that you're going to fix what needs to be fixed. Come on, y'all. We just pray and God's going to do it. I say God's going to do it. God's going to do it.
So Jesus is with his disciples, and they saw that every time he prayed, miracles happened. So, hey, 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 teach us to do that. Like, they weren't saying teach us to pray because we want to get closer to God. Y'all listen to me. They were saying teach us to pray because, like, there's magic in your prayers. Like, do we need to turn and spin? Take three steps? God, you're God. What do you want us to do? He says, okay, pray this way. Listen, pray this way. If you've ever heard this, you can say this with me because now you're speaking the word of God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Now stop right there because it's all sweet right there. That's all, that's all, oh, the disciples are going, yes, oh, I feel it. Give us this day our daily bread. Oh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, God, I hallow your name. And then comes the next line, if you know it, say it. And forgive us. But he doesn't stop right there. See, that'd be, that'd, be one, that'd be wonderful, wouldn't it? Oh, God, Jesus said, did you just ask God to forgive you? Yes, forgive me. Yes. Oh, oh, but there's a little more to the prayer. So say it with me. Forgive us of our debts as... Oh, shoot. Oh, wait, wait. Like, I want to pray like you prayed, Jesus, but are you saying that I won't be forgiven by you? If I won't forgive other people. That's what I'm saying. And lead us not into temptation, but come on. This is after forgiveness. For thine is the, and the, and the. Forever. So sometimes his kingdom and his power and his glory aren't working in our life. Because right in the middle of that prayer is the forgive thing. And by the way, I just don't feel good about not feeling bad. Let me say that again. I don't feel good about not feeling bad. I want to be unforgiving because they don't deserve my forgiveness. And Jesus says, that's why I told you to pray this way. Because the minute you think you deserve my forgiveness, you don't understand my mercy. You don't understand how I've served you as a faithful steward. You don't understand how I've spoken life and not death over you. This is a template for you. I need you to love deeply this way so forgiveness will work so that my kingdom will come. My will will be done. And so you'll live in a state of gratitude. Give us this day our daily bread so that you'll live knowing for thine is the kingdom. God, it's about your kingdom, not just my family, not just my thing. It's about your kingdom and your power working in me and your glory forever and ever and ever. And God says, and it all works by love. Because you see, you don't forgive people if you won't have mercy on people. If you're going to love deeply, that's what makes love work and that's what makes your rhythm work. Is this helping anybody? Now, Now listen, hey, hey, you, you can hold on to it if you want to, but I hope you'll learn from my friend. Watch this. We end tonight with one of the most potent powers on earth. It can change lives in an instant. Everyone has it. It's the power to forgive. Watch it now in action in Steve Hartman's Assignment America. Thank you, Lord. In a small apartment building in North Minneapolis, a 59-year-old teacher's aide sings praise to God for no seemingly apparent reason. Indeed, if anyone was to have issues with the Lord, 
grateful. It would be Mary Johnson. For all you've done for me. He never had a chance. In February 1993, Mary's son, Loramian Bird, was shot to death during an argument at a party. He was 20 and Mary's only child. My son was gone. The killer was a 16-year-old kid named O'Shea Israel. I wanted justice. He was an animal. He deserved to be caged. And he was. Tried as an adult and sentenced to 25 and a half years, O'Shea served 17 before being recently released. He now lives back in the old neighborhood, close to Mary. This close. He lives next door. Next door. How a convicted murderer ended up living a door jam away from his victim's mother is a story not of horrible misfortune, as you might expect, but of remarkable mercy. A few years ago, Mary asked if she could meet O'Shea here at Minnesota's Stillwater State Prison. As a devout Christian, she felt compelled to see if there was some way, if somehow she could forgive her son's killer. What'd she say to you? I believe the first thing she said was, look, you don't know me, I don't know you, let's just start with right now. And I was befuddled myself. O'Shea says they met regularly after that. When he got out, she introduced him to her landlord, who, with Mary's blessing, invited O'Shea to move into the building. Today, they don't just live close, they are close. Clearly, Mary was able to forgive. Unforgiveness is like cancer. It will eat you from the inside out. It's not about that other person. Me forgiving him does not diminish what he's done. Yes, he murdered my son, but the forgiveness is for me. It's for me. For O'Shea, it hasn't been that easy. I haven't totally forgiven myself yet. I'm learning how to forgive myself, and I'm still growing towards, you know, trying to forgive myself and what it is I've done. To that end, O'Shea is now busy proving himself to himself. He works at a recycling plant by day and goes to college by night. He says he's determined to pay back Mary's clemency by contributing to society. In fact, he's already working on it, singing the praises of God and forgiveness at prisons, churches, to large audiences everywhere. Forgiveness is a powerful thing. Which explains why Mary can sing her praise of thanks to her audience so of one. Steve Hartman, CBS yes, News, Minneapolis. For all you've done for me. You see, God knew that we would all be hurt. It hurts God's heart that you're hurt. It hurts God's heart that you have to deal with stuff that you shouldn't have to deal with. But Jesus said, the way forgiveness works is you gotta receive my forgiveness so that you have the kingdom power and glory and bring my glory in the earth by forgiving other people. It's so powerful. On the back of your notes, I wrote this. It's entitled Love All the Way. One of the greatest needs within every human being is not just to be loved, but to give love for life to have purpose and true meaning. One of the greatest gifts you'll ever receive is for someone to love you and in you they believe. 
And yet in life, love can be elusive at best. Most more times than not, love feels like a test. Life is often filled with disappointments, hurt, and pain. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy and wants us to feel only guilt and shame. For God so loved the world that his only son he gave, that if we believe in him, we can be saved. For God so commended his love towards us while we were yet sinners. If we received his love in life, we would be winners. God doesn't just love us conditionally or when we've done everything right. He loves us all the way with all of his power and might. He loves us deeper than all of our sin. His love and mercy endures to the very end. He loves us in spite of the worst parts that we've displayed. He shows us his love, a love all the way. He says to us, love each other as I have loved you. Love each other no matter what. Love all the way and I'll get you through. Love all the way, even when you're not loved back. Love all the way when you've been attacked. Love all the way. Don't let offense set in. Love all the way and you will always win. Love all the way. Don't stop believing. Love all the way and God's best you'll be receiving. Love all the way because love conquers all. Love all the way and you will never fall. Love all the way. Don't stop short for any selfish reason. Love all the way, and your next will be your best season. When you love like God and you love all the way, you will see God do exceedingly abundant more than you can ask or pray. Love all the way. Love all the way. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure to get your copy of Pastor Keith Craft's book, Your Divine Fingerprint, and visit elevatelife.com for other exciting new content from Elevate Life Church.